This episode is sponsored by Evolve Bootcamp, my outdoor functional fitness program that delivers a sense of warmth, friendliness, and spirit, along with butt-kicking, hellishly fun-filled workouts that embody a caring attitude evoking the idea. Everybody that exercises outside has no boundaries and naturally evolves. Class begins at 6 a.m. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, winter, spring, summer, and fall. Mention this podcast and come by for a trial class at the Boston Common, if you dare. Welcome to the Evolve WMMA podcast featuring the greatest upcoming female fighters on the planet. These women have gone against conventional thinking to pursue their dreams. These fighters inspire empower and unleash excellence within a new generation of female fighters as they rise and evolve into the best possible version of themselves through the power of mixed martial arts. Hey, 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 this is Evolve WMMA and I'm your host, Shelly Devine. So I'm really excited to share with you all. This was a, it seemed like a last minute thing. I know for me, it was a last minute thing to find out about. Well, Invicta FC 54 is coming here to Boston, my hometown. So some of you folks may have been following mixed martial arts or MMA since it began with the Gracies some 20 years ago. I know we have a huge following here in the Boston area and in New England and you've watched its evolution from being perceived as cockfighting to a blood sport to becoming an actual recognized global sport. And some of you may even remember, you know, when Dana White came onto the scene and started the Ultimate Fighter Show. And years later, he swore that women would never enter the cage. Well, I think when he stated that it was some 11 years ago and since then Invicta FC began thanks to the progressive vision of Shannon Knapp and today we see more women making a career in sports and we're here to stay. So having Invicta come to Boston is yet another milestone in the journey of mixed martial arts. I mean, geez, it took 11 years for them to actually have a live show in Boston on October 27th at the House of Blues. It's, it's the first time here in Boston, and I'm thrilled and excited to see this happen and hope it will inspire more young girls and boys too. But I'm for the girls, I'm rooting for the girls and female athletes. And I'm so honored to have the opportunity to speak with some of these fighters. And uh, this show, as well as several ones that I'm gonna be pushing out this week for your enjoyment to listen to and catch up with some of the, the new fighters that have come onto the scene. Um, I would say it's like the next generation. So my next guest is from Dublin. Ireland. She fights out of the Straight Blast gym there. And she will be facing Christina Warhouse Williams. And one of the interesting things about her right off the bat was all her life, she wanted to become a fighter. She wanted to do it to make a living. But she thought in the beginning it was crazy. Well, here she is now. I'd like to welcome to the show Dee Begley. She's the new Invicta FC flyweight fighter. Welcome. 
I am. This will be my um, Invicta debut um, this Friday coming in Boston. So I'm very excited. And what better place to do it than, you know, Boston, which, you know, holds very strong roots with the, the Irish people. Uh, you know, the last, not the last time I've been to a show, but Ireland really reminds me of, I think, when Conor McGregor came to to Boston and he was kind of not really like known, but some people knew him and we were like, yeah, go Connor. And, and it was a big deal here because it was, I think the first time even the UFC had, had come to Boston and that was around, I think it was like around 2011 or 10 or something like that. And Invicta started in 2012. So my thinking was, is you, you're, you were probably like a teenager when all this was going on. And I'm an old lady now, but like you were a teenager when all this was going on. And now you're, you're like, you know, a grown woman, you're a female fighter. And now you're coming to Boston and it's the first show of Invicta FC to, to make it up here in New England um, with a whole female card. And I'm, I'm flabbergasted because I didn't know about it. And just recently, and, and literally like last night, I'm texting all the fighters on that card. Can you come on to the show? And, and here you are. So I'm really thrilled to have you here today. And um, I want to learn everything possible in a 45 minute stint about you. So go. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, thank you so much for, for having me. And I think you're doing amazing work just promoting like, you know, uh, women's MMA in general, you know. Thank you. So um, a bit about me, I suppose, like I'm from a very um, a, a small enough town in, in the most southern part of Ireland. So it, it's not like, you know, a hub for, for martial arts by any means. Well, you know, you wouldn't think it was, but I had, um, there's a kickboxing club down there. I did, a, I did a lot of sports growing up. My mom was very athletic in her youth and she wanted the same for us because just where we were, it was quite rural. There wasn't very much um, to do. So uh-huh. my mom threw us into gymnastics from a really young age. We were four and five starting and then, you know, it kind of just progressed from there. We did um, athletics. We we played Gaelic football. You know, I played rugby, basketball, all these other sports. And All right, I got to remember- stop you there for a second. What's Gaelic football? <laughs> Gaelic football is like a traditional Irish sport. So uh-huh. uh, it's it's similar. I want to, I don't know, like it's, what is it similar to? It's like, say, like soccer, but you pick the ball up. So you can oh. pick the ball up and you kick it between posts. Okay, and so maybe like hurling is another. Yeah, kind of okay. like Aussie rules, similar but different shaped ball. And okay. then hurling would be the most traditional. It's actually one of the oldest sports in the world, hurling. So it's a, a wooden, um, it's a wooden uh, stick made out of traditionally ash. Oh, and wow. uh, you hit a slitter and through again through um, post. There's actually um, a great story about hurling, uh, kind of Finn McCool and Irish mythology. It's, that's how old it is and how far oh. it goes back to. So um, it's a great story if anyone's interested yeah. in some Irish mythology. Uh, 
So yeah, no, I I so I had a very early, you know, I was always very um sporty, loved sports, but I wanted to do everything. Sure. So I did. I I eventually did everything, like all different sports, and I was doing maybe like five or six sports and at the age of 15 and 16, you know, my parents were kind of like, look, you're at like a really good level at all of these, but you kind of need to to pick one. And I had by chance, just like from the age of eight, found kickboxing. Uh, we were doing athletics and the, the weather was pretty much like the way it is now over in Ireland, lashing rain. So you couldn't train outdoors and pitches were waterlogged, flooded. So we were indoors and my mom was late picking me up. So I saw them kickboxing and I was I was infatuated by it. I actually can't, I know I was eight, but I actually can't tell you what really grabbed me about the sport. I was just so fascinated by it. And, you know, there was another girl um, training, you know, like it was all men, don't get me wrong, there was loads of guys. Right, I mean, yeah, especially. Yeah, but there there was, and she was, um, she was class. And she's actually um, a good friend of mine now uh, as well. We, we did kickboxing together for years. So long story short, I chose kickboxing out of all the sports. I just had this love for it, like none of the other ones, this passion. And I never... I just never subconsciously, I never let anything get in the way of my kickboxing, mm-hmm. you know, like there'd be discos down home when you're a teenager on Friday evenings. And yeah. I just I had no interest in going. I had no interest in going uh, because I had training on a Saturday morning and mm-hmm. I was more excited about that. So I was just always very much drawn to to kickboxing it wasn't something I ever really had to make a conscious decision about don't get me wrong there were there were times because I've had like a a 20 year long like career now at this stage in martial arts so it goes without saying that there have been like sacrifices over the last 20 years you know when it came to you know maybe like summer holidays you know I didn't really have the luxury of like my it wasn't like my parents were were overly wealthy they gave us what we could so instead of us going on a family holiday you know they'd send they'd you know save up money and send me away to go to the world championships and they would do the same eventually my brother and sister also joined the kickboxing and it did it became a bit of a family affair and it's it's just something that like my my childhood was consumed by it you know my weekends were taken mm-hmm. traveling up to Dublin which is four and a half hours away from wow. my, my hometown so we would travel up at weekends to Dublin and it's kind of ironic you know in my adult life you know then it became like I'm now living in Dublin but I was at one point commuting back to to Cork City so it's funny how how life comes in kind of kind of circles that way but I definitely wouldn't change it and you know so kickboxing gave me that base in martial arts and I was I was doing that you know internationally I represented Ireland Mm -hmm. in the world and European championships and you know I I then went to, to college and there was less maybe opportunities for the kickboxing there and I'd kind of done a lot of you know, I was I was a, I was an adult then in college, basically. So I'd done a lot of the juniors. I'd started into the seniors, and you know, it was I was so invested and putting so much time and effort into it. I just couldn't see. I was like, "Where is this? What am I getting back from this? Like, right. where? Right. Like, am I? What can I? You know, do with this passion that I have so much for?" And I remember when I was in secondary school. So I'm probably going around in circles now, right? <laughs> But I'm probably like 
I can't describe how, you know, not how rural it is. Like, it's not like we're, we're in the modern era and everything, but I never heard of pride. I'd never heard of it. I'd never heard of glory kickboxing. Like, did I didn't realize, I didn't know professional kickboxing existed. Oh. It wasn't something my coach ever talked about. And when you're that age and you're yeah, just competing yeah. for your, when you're competing for yourself, like, that's all you see. You don't right. like, and I didn't like um, watch fights you know as in mm-hmm. I, the only fights I saw were live when I was at an event and I didn't I didn't know about any other really martial arts um all that much mm-hmm. boxing obviously but uh so when I was in school like I was asked by a career guidance counselor it's okay what do you want to do for the rest of your life you know everyone reaches that crossroads of like okay you're you're in education where where do you go and I just outrightly said, I was like, oh, I'd love to fight for a living. But then in that moment, in that same breath, I said, I was like, oh, but that's not an option. And because in my like, you didn't know knowledge, anything. Like, I didn't know. I didn't yeah. know anything. And that's just where that was left. It was like, that was like a dream that I had then decided at 16. Like, I didn't know any better. So it was just, that was, just, it was just a thought for me. It was yeah, just like yeah. me saying this most outrageous thing oh my God, that would be like a lifelong dream to make a, like to yeah. make a career out of fighting. But like, that's of, not realistic. Yeah, just out of curiosity. Yeah. Like why as a young girl, did you feel like it wasn't possible at like, what age were you at? I was like 15 or 15. 16. Yeah. And it was just, I suppose, like my world like revolved around, it was so, I was so focused on kickboxing that like, the idea of other martial arts didn't really like it just wasn't something that I was introduced to it wasn't something I was ever exposed to out of like pure circumstance and also like we didn't spend you know we didn't have access to like you know US TV channels like we had like RT1 we'd Irish TV channels the internet wasn't you know we didn't like like YouTube wasn't something we spent time on and I know this sounds like you know oh my god like that you're in the like behind it was just we were so busy down like in you know I suppose it is like the the benefits um of living growing up in the countryside like you've other things yeah like it was very social very much you know I I love the fact that it doesn't sound like it was something that was more because you were female it was just oh not at all no and yeah so that's great that's That's awesome that's awesome especially in in Ireland and it's probably just a, a great point to have is you know we had Kaylee Katie Taylor right who paved the way for female fighters in Ireland uh-huh. and I can only say and this like you know I think it's a reflection and I've never experienced anything outside of positivity or celebration for being an Irish female fighter Awesome. Um, myself that's personally so great. that's, my, that so that's great. myself personally so my, yeah. I do know though I, I must say that my my parents might have gotten a little bit more of a kickback you know initially in the community than you know I would have and the only reason that that would have happened is it wasn't um it wasn't common knowledge like it was unheard of like there wasn't you know yeah okay like um it's because it's like when there were other options of sport that didn't include getting punched and kicked in the face you know (laughs) like people were just asking my parents like how do you feel about your your daughter doing this and they were like well like 
she loves it so what does it matter you know and and it's something that my parents have and it's it's really important like you know if you if you were to ask like who have been who have I been most inspired by and most you know supported by in the same breath is my parents and it's that support and like they stood up for me without I didn't even know they were getting that kind of pushback from you know from from friends or even like people in general I'd never knew and it was only when I was older they said it to me it's like oh people thought we were crazy letting you do you know the kickboxing and and everything and like there's a funny story I know it's all long-winded but like my parents yeah let's hear it my my parents didn't know I had started MMA for the first six months while I was training MMA and they only found out from a Facebook post of my amateur debut being announced Wow! Uh, because I hadn't told them because (laughs) I just knew I was like I had a feeling I was like they are not going to be impressed with this you know I because I was working so I did so I did the whole college thing I I went to the career guidance counselor and you know like I'm kind of bringing it back around but like I went off and I had that career I had a successful career in finance and banking you know from a young age like I left I finished college at um well I didn't finish college at 21 but I left college to go into the workforce uh-huh. at 21 at 21 in banking and like I had a permanent job in a bank with a pension like every parent's dream for their child you know no student debt no nothing like that you know? um, <laughs> and like they were like off off into the the sunset with you and your fancy job and everything wow. and then like off I go throwing a spanner in the works being like oh I've started MMA like you know and all of a sudden they're up the country in Ireland in this random city that they've never probably been to and you know there's like there I was you know fighting in a cage in you know tiny little shorts and whatever and you know it was just so bizarre for them because uh kickboxing in Ireland and in like it's in a sport it was being considered for the Olympics recently it got shortlisted Mm -hmm. but like MMA in Ireland is still not recognized as a sport and even like when I started it's seven years ago seven almost eight years ago that I started MMA and back then even like you know yeah there was like there was Conor McGregor but from where I was from it was kind of unheard of and seen as quite a little bit barbaric and vicious Sure. You know, so no one could understand it, you know. Yeah. So it was just very interesting. So my parents, like, don't get me wrong. My dad was not impressed. My <laughs> the, He was so, like, they were so, like, it's fear. Like, they obviously their daughter, like, it's yeah. something they know nothing about. They don't right. know what to expect. They don't even know that I've been training this, like, martial art. Like, it's completely out of the blue in these tiny little gloves, like after going from right, like head guard, right, right. head guard, gloves, shin pads, yeah. everything. To yeah, no protection. Being, <laughs> no protection, nothing. And, you know, but like in fairness, no matter how much they disagreed, and I can say this across my life in all the decisions I've made, whether they agreed with me or not, they were there like regardless, you know, sure. if, if anything yeah. went wrong or you know, so they they really like I wouldn't be in the position that I'm in. Um, and it's not like it's it's not from a, a financial thing. My parents like, you know, they worked hard their whole lives, but they they gave me and my siblings what they could. Mm-hmm. And we never wanted for anything. But, you know, I think the life skills and just the like support they gave us was really what has led me and my siblings to be 
successful in whatever we've pursued. So yeah, like basically, yeah, they they didn't agree with the MMA, but they've been supportive and they're my biggest fans. And you know, they're so so invest they're invested. Like they they'd be like, you know, oh, like do you make sure now your food? And I was like, I have a nutritionist, but I do appreciate your like, you know, your input here. <laughs> right, right. So yeah, so no, they're they're great. So. Look, and it does kind of that you have support, but they also were like, you know, apprehensive about the whole thing. And and I I mean, I could see that. But it sounds like, you know, from a very early age, you knew exactly where you wanted to be. And and I want to unpack that a little bit more, because this sounds like you didn't have any external influence into deciding to get to where you are today. It was something that was an innately in you that really wasn't disturbed. And somehow along the way, your folks fostered in your, you and your siblings, that kind of um, ability to discern for yourself, okay, I'm gonna guide the path of my life. And right here, right now, it's in mixed martial arts and women's MMA, where I'm gonna step in the cage and have somebody come, come at me because I want that visceral whatever. Yeah. Oh, I love the training. I love the whole, you know, what it does to me psychologically, you know, physically, um, spiritually. And can you speak to any of that? Because it's got to be something that you you sense so deep and it's so pure and raw that, you know, to become a young child and then fully into, a, you know, a young woman and and you're you went to college you had a career but this is what you want to do this is yeah yeah and I I feel like my whole life there was an element especially when say like in in the professional career sense when say like the the finance and the bank you know I I always felt a little bit misunderstood and but like don't get me wrong I can completely understand why like because you know, I had this successful career, went to college, did did everything you're supposed to do, the textbook stuff. But like, it was never, I just couldn't see it. You know, I just always had this such a love for fighting. I just never felt more myself than I ever when I was training. And it was just, so. it just came, it wasn't something I ne- I've never had to force myself to get out of bed to go, to go training. I've never... You know, I've no regrets about any of the decisions I've ever made about fighting. And I just remember there being a moment when I was like working, like I left college, I was working in the job and I was like, this can't be all there is for me. You know, this can't be. And like the kickboxing had kind of come to like, you know, I I, I didn't have that same excitement that I used to. And boxing was great and everything. But in a way, I found I felt quite limited by it. And you know, a, a good friend of mine had been telling me for three years to go up and try MMA. And mm-hmm. I had been kind of, I had a preconceived notion at that point about MMA from the likes of like, okay, well, if my parents are being told kickboxing is imba- barbaric or vicious, mm-hmm. you know, and I shouldn't be doing that. And that was what like the general consensus, even from, you know, the bank and co-workers and like, why do you choose to do that? You know, so then for me, MMA was like the polar opposite scale. And I think I did, there was just one day and I was like, you know, like, fuck it. Like, let's just give it a go. Let me just go like, you know, why not? What do I have to lose by going up and trying out one session? 
And to be honest, like the the rest was history. I absolutely fell in love with it. Right. Like even jujitsu, like I'd never like this sounds really naive. I didn't know about jujitsu at that point. Okay. This was 2015. And I, I, I take it, I just want to make a point. You're really good in, in jujitsu as well as kickboxing because I, I'm looking at your record from amateur to pro, your wins and losses, but your wins are typically, you're basically a finisher either by submission or TKO or, I mean, you've had a couple of decisions, but it seems like most of them have been... You know? Yeah, so it, it's it's very funny because I uh, my amateur debut, uh, I got a guillotine finish, and I had been training MMA for I'd been training jujitsu for six months at that point, Ooh. six months, and that it's it's fun. And then I did I did a jujitsu competition. I had another guillotine finish. Yeah. Um, I I've done two jujitsu competitions, and that was that was one of them. Yeah. And then my like my first submission finish as a pro is also the guillotine like it's just something that I kind of a, a, a submission that I kind of grasped onto early on in my jiu-jitsu kind of you know career and it just works with my game because naturally I've I've such high level striking mm-hmm. that like eventually you know they're going to shoot they're going to have to shoot mm-hmm. you know I yeah. I believe I I it is a little bit of an ego I suppose but I do believe that there's very few in the world um who are at my level of striking you know I, uh-huh. I have 20 years experience doing this like some oh, of it's wow. second nature wow. you know I'm making you know so like my striking is, is such a such a high high level that like you know it allowed me then going into starting MMA to kind of focus on jujitsu mm-hmm. and and wrestling and then joining when I moved from where I was Cork City to, to Dublin and joined SBG in 2017 it was like you know under under like coach John Kavanagh like my grappling and my jiu-jitsu just took off from there you know and I've become so much more of a a well-rounded fighter now that it's just it's been you know as I look back I can really appreciate like um I've been quite fortunate like I, I won't say it's luck because you know I went in search of these opportunities like I like I said, I it's like I have this internal thing that I can't settle for being just like comfortable. Do you know, I like yeah. I do I like my life being a bit chaotic, you know, I like a bit of, you know, impulse. I'm quite impulsive. So yeah, I had the job, the bank job, everything. That was grand. Okay, let's put a spanner in the work. Let's right, start right. MMA. That's and then, you know, <laughs> yeah and then the same thing again I was in Cork City settled you know relationship everything down there and let's throw another spanner in the works move cities have a long distance relationship and you know it's something I seem to do just I don't know is it my method of personal development I don't know I'm just chasing you know this dream that I had when I was 16 that I never believed at that point if you went back and put like a hand on my shoulder, like talking to that teacher when I was 16 and said, like, you can do it. You're doing it like it's happening. Right. Um, I, I could never in a million years have thought I'd be in the position I'm in. Wow. That's wonderful. I, I'm wondering that that teacher that you spoke to when you were saying that that would be your dream, you know, choice of career. Um, what was the reaction? 
So like, it was kind of a little bit, I suppose, like, I think he, he kind of laughed at me. He was an old school um, Irish teacher. He's big yeah, yeah. into Gaelic football. So one of the Irish sports and uh-huh. he's actually, um, he's well renowned in his, um, and I think to be honest, if I had come up with a rational route, a uh-huh. plan, if I'd come up with a rational plan to him, I think he would have backed me 100%, 100%. He was um, a very, very, I had a lot of positive experiences with like um, teachers who who believed in me and like, you know, they always made allowances while I was kickboxing and everything. Uh, don't get me wrong, I drove them absolutely mental. Like I made like very <laughs> difficult, very difficult for them at times, but I can't say it was anything external that put a block there. I think it was a little bit of ignorance, uh-huh. you know, that I didn't know. I didn't, you know, a little bit of naivety. Sure. And, you know, then in my brain, I was like, okay, what's the next best thing to that? So we kind of explored me potentially, mm-hmm. you know, uh, going into sports, uh, you know, like uh, PE teaching, like being a teacher. And that's something actually that I was kind of beginning to pursue. So even me ending up working in the bank wasn't planned. It was pure accident out of circumstance. I wanted to be a a teacher. I wanted to, and it was so funny. I wanted to teach because I I love maths. I was, I studied mathematics and the Irish Uh language in in college. Uh And I was always so angry about the way maths was taught and how people were given out about maths and I was like I feel like I could teach this to my friends so much better than it's being taught to us you know so it was I was quite rebellious I was quite rebellious as a child and I was very much anti kind of um, authority and you know thought I knew better I always thought I knew better but um over the years you know I I look back and you know like I, I went to a very small school. There was 20 students in my in my class, my year. There was 100 students in the whole school. And it was um, spoken through, um, like, completely through the Irish, my whole education um, from when I was, like, uh, I suppose, what age was I? Four or five up until the age of 17 was purely through the Irish language, which isn't widely spoken in Ireland right. anymore. So it was quite a small school, but like, you know, I think it really built up, you know, uh, I had the support system there more so than if I'd been in a big school, just me and my personality, I think I would have gotten lost because they wouldn't have had the time for me that my my teachers did to, you know, to help me focus. I had that was a big problem I had. And I think the reason I love MMA and martial arts so much, it was the one thing that I didn't have to force myself to focus on. Right. There was nothing distracting me from it. You know, it was so effortless that it was all I wanted. You know, it was all that got me excited, you know, and, you know, luckily I still feel the exact same today. Maybe like at that point it was about kickboxing, whereas now it's about MMA as a whole, Mm -hmm. But and I, I still love going into the gym every single day of the week and I'm excited to learn new stuff. I'm curious. Mm-hmm. I like trying new things, inspiring, sometimes probably not mm-hmm. the best things to be trying. But yeah. uh, no, I, I still have the same love as me, that 16 year old, you know, thinking about it. Man. Yeah, you're I mean, I you're always learning something new when you're when you're in in that um martial arts realm like whether it's a new way to punch 
or yeah. when to punch, the strategy behind it. Uh, there's so many caveats to it. Like even jujitsu, they refer to it as a you know a chess match uh, when you're working with another opponent. Um, what what would you say is your favorite thing about like training? Like if you broke it down into different you know categories of when you go into the gym and you're training, is it strategy? Is it is it keeping your body physically fit? Is it is it the action between you and your opponent, or or is it just I can't decide? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think my favorite, um, and it happens quite regularly. I'm I'm a bit of um. I suppose uh yeah, like I said, impulsive. So I do a lot of things sometimes out of pure instinct, like out yeah. of pure instinct. And I love when say I've learned um a technique, say from one of my coaches, and they said like, and you know, I love when it fits my style, when something yeah. feels very natural. Yeah. And then the moment that I pull it off lie in live rounds and you catch it the first time like you catch that first time and it was like and I didn't think about it about it yeah that's when it becomes your your go-to or subconscious then I'm like wow like that's that's progress to me and that's like the progress that like really fuels me yeah you know and I like my biggest um critic my biggest critic and my biggest opposition my biggest opponent is myself because I'm so hard on myself I get so frustrated with myself like I when I get like if I make a mistake in training I'm generally quite good I'm not too hard on myself if it happens once but if it's a mistake that reoccurs or that I haven't addressed then I start getting very annoyed with myself and you know it does take you know, uh, John had a conversation with me recently and he made me he made me stop and think I was, um, you know, saying how something I did was really bad. And he was like, no, no. He's like, watch how you speak to yourself. He's like, watch how like we need to be kinder to ourselves, you know, because, you know, if I'm the biggest if my if I'm my biggest opponent, then in the middle of a fight, if I'm getting frustrated or in a spar, like he made such a good point. He was like you are battling you're fighting yourself first and then your opponent he was like why like why, why have my that job? middle person in there <laughs> yeah yeah so I I think I am my biggest um challenge you know dealing with you know my own mm-hmm. you know like like because it is like it's personal like um I suppose my own what you know like you say in in running and everything people go for personal best or whatever right, so right. like my my equivalent of that is like I want to see see progress I want to see myself you know doing better and and being better so but also I do need to be a bit nicer to myself because like change doesn't happen overnight you don't learn stuff overnight it's mm-hmm. it's time and trusting in the process all those things that you hear like some of the great like MMA fighters and right. coaches talk about right. it's right. all so true and I think when you start applying it and just being consistent, you know, consistency is everything. So if I'm consistently getting better, then, you know, that's, that's all I want. And that's what kind of spurs me on, you know, and then you see, you know, it might feel like a plateau for a certain stage, but then when you see the jump, Mm -hmm. and when, and you get that, like, outside reassurance from your coaches, that really is what what drives me on, you know, just getting better. And, can you can speaking to that? Can you um, can you think of any time where you really noticed 
in your training or in anything in your life where you you notice that that kind of oh, I'm really like not getting something or I'm or you were down on yourself or you had something external happen, maybe one of your losses in a fight that and then you had to kind of get that mindset or whatever it was, the training, whatever it was, the mental talk to overcome. And how did you kind of tackle that? Yeah, so I like the first thought would have been a loss. But now that I think about it, I actually had something that I think really, really um, I found so difficult. And honestly, it was one of the hardest things to go through. And it was like inactivity. So mm-hmm. I turned pro in September 2019. And that was my first pro- professional fight. And I I lost. I lost. Yeah. It was um, a really short notice fight and not making that excuse. Short notice fight. I was inexperienced and I fought over Montreal and I got beaten by a, a better fighter. And I just remember coming back and wanting to be like, OK, I'm ready to get better. Let's go. And then all of a sudden, you know, COVID-19 yeah. happened. There yeah. were no MMA shows like and, you know, I was just like we were we were still able to train as professional athletes and you know I had a a period of 18 months of inactivity and I I, you know had a fight and then you know I think be I think going through those 18 months and still showing up every day you know believing that the right opportunity would come up believing that like it would happen and just staying the course and you know listening to my coaches and my teammates you know, it really has just lined me up to kind of be able to hand like I've anything you can throw at me. I feel like I could handle because, you know, say I had another fight in that period of time. I won. Great fight. Brilliant. And then I was kind of left in limbo again. I wasn't yeah. signed with any promotion. Yeah. You know, there were still uh, some restrictions and. I just I don't know what it was I was like you know being I was still working at that stage full time and training and uh, do you know what I had to do a lot of self-reflection being like okay like you've made all these sacrifices like it's like you're either going all in uh, on this career or you're not you can't do 50 50 it's not going to work Interesting. you know I was 20 wow. I was wow. I I was 20 I was 26 yeah. or 27 I can't remember and I just you know like I was holding on to that security that that full-time job gave me you know sure. oh my god I'm gonna have a pension whatever and I think having to let that go of all, everything like the plan b you know letting yeah. that go and, and go after you know, your dream go after my dream you know and you know I, I remember I rang my parents and I was like oh I quit my job and they were like what and I was like no remember I told you I was going to quit my job I was like I quit it and they were like you thought you were joking and I was like no 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 I've I've done it and so I didn't work I didn't work from August of um when was that 2021 anyways I didn't work for like a a, a long time and I had no I still had no contract for the promotion yeah almost two years six months Six yeah. months later, six months later, I fought for Combate. It wasn't, sorry, six months later, I signed with Combate. Nine months, 
I think it was even longer, nine months later. But yeah, I quit I'm my looking job. at it. Your your next fight would have been you had two 2019 a loss against what is it, Kareem Land uh, Lafayette yeah. and Boys, and then and then it was June 2021 before your next fight where you had the win. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and then I think there was the gap. There was a gap again until I think from there. Yeah, to 2022. It was a whole year. 2022. Yeah, yeah. So there was a lot of inactivity. And I think just making those big decisions, because they were big decisions and they were scary decisions. And but to be honest, don't get me wrong, right? Fighting at the end of the day, it's prize fighting. There's scary things, there's big consequences. But like throughout my life in my career in finance, I'm sorry, there are scarier things in life than standing in front of someone in a cage. So yeah. I think if you can overcome some of those things and just what you see in the, the world, and if you actually put it in perspective, mm-hmm. then there's very little, you know, as in, don't get me wrong, I have nerves. Mm-hmm. I have nerves when I go into the cage, but sure. like, you know, at the end of the day, like, you know, um, like win or lose, like I'm able, I'm allowing myself, I found a way to wake up and, do my dream job every day feel alive too like, you know and feel like so like I'm like I'm happy I'm content yeah. like you know until the day that's taken away from me and like and that's something you have to think about as well like the day I finish fighting well it's like what's the next too. passion it's a what's finite, the next yeah it's a yeah it's finite because period of time that you can actually do that I mean most athletes I mean if they get into their 40s they're really something going on there for them to get into their 40s doing this you're t- still in I'm 28 28. 28 yeah so yeah so I mean you could have but most my plan years- is like six seven years at least you know I can yeah. see myself like late 30s 100 like my but I've touched wood over the course of my career had limited uh injuries and I, I look after my body so why shouldn't right. I have a career as long as that right and you know it's it's kind of about management as well like managing you know like it'll it'll you know I'm not that's not something I'm worried about right now you know mm-hmm. and but I am setting myself up for like I'm just thinking about like Jesus like the our life expectancy is going up so I've actually found a bit of a passion in like I think my nutritionist Tristan Kennedy Mm -hmm. is an absolute genius so he Mm -hmm. works with um, Conor McGregor and Mm -hmm. he the stuff uh, he knows and just what I've learned from him just by like him looking after my nutrition is phenomenal and I found a little bit of a, a passion something I feel like I could pursue like I would love to be able to do what he does for me for for other athletes and you know whether that's to specifically work with female athletes because obviously there's a lot there's a lot less it, like there's it's still gotta be different right it's gotta be different mm, it's gonna be different I think MMA is a bit of ahead of the curve there with mm-hmm. the level of research that the highest um level um nutritionists in the industry have have done research into how it affects women differently to men mm-hmm. but I think that would be something you know that I would find really interesting and and I would find very fulfilling to to pursue in the future Excellent. but that's like that's a side thing something I can work on in in yeah. the the side but for me at the moment like you know I'm I'm so excited for for next Friday you know this is like it's just been a steady it hasn't been easy you know I haven't taken easy fights I've had really hard fights you know I've had to kind of endure periods of inactivity I've had to fight with injuries 
you know, um, I this is thank God, like the, like one of the first fights in a long time where I'm coming into is with no injuries, thank nice. God. And you know, I'm coming in like I think every fight, you know, I I say it to my like if I'm not coming into every fight like in the best physical condition I've ever been in, like I can safely say mm-hmm. I'm in the best shape of my life right now, and I want to be able to say that with every fight because you know at the end of the day you know every your, the next your next fight is the biggest fight of your career yeah. until it isn't right. until it isn't until right. you know the the, the, sunshine of the next morning <laughs> the day after you yeah. celebrate like it's like my coach says it he's a book written about it like winner mm-hmm. learn and all that but even you know don't celebrate your your wins too much don't you know dwell on your losses too much right. and I think it's a great yeah. it's a great thing to have because it just means that like you show up to the gym the next day the next week and you just get better you know and totally. it's it's something that kind of you know seeing that around me and li- and training in that kind of atmosphere in the gym has definitely helped me you know sustain because it has to be sustainable it has to be sustainable when like I've already had a career yeah. in mixed martial arts for 20 years I've already had an MMA career for the last seven or eight years and I'm going to have it for another six or seven. So I need to be able to sustain what I'm doing. I need to be able to enjoy it. So, yeah. uh, and continue to. So I think I found a, a really good um, balance there and I'm surrounded by amazing people who make, you know, it's it's not a job, it's a passion. Yeah. So well, you had a, I mean, prior to signing on with Invicta FC, you had a, you must have had a pretty good con contract going with Combat Global because they looked like they tried to keep you pretty busy uh, during. They did. They were great. And I mean, it looks like you had three fights during that time. And then um, April of this year, that was the last one. And now Invicta has, has um, you've captured their eye. And, and now do you have just this one fight contract with Invicta? Or will no, so I, I have a, I have a multi-fight contract with Invicta. So nice. I'm really excited like to have a few Excellent. fights with them. But I also do have, like, they've been, you know, Invicta, I think you can see it from a lot of the past champions, the past fighters. Like, mm-hmm. they're they're great. Like, if they can't get you on the, the next card or, or whatever, they, they allow you to fight for other promotions. So I uh, want to be, like... That's so awesome that Shannon so, oh, there, keeps that amazing, going yeah. to allow yeah. you to go and, and do your thing. That's yeah. really... It just that, allows that it's unheard of, of and, uh, in most other promotions. Most other it promotions, is. they get you and forget it. You can't fight for anybody else. This is it. Like, I think it's, um you know, having that, like, sense of... I think it's because, like, Invicta is the, the level, you know? Invicta is like, okay... Like it's Invicta and then where's next? It's like the pinnacle of the sport. You're in like the pathways to to the UFC. So I think, you know, by having that stance, you know, like you can hold Invicta up on this, you know, pedestal and, you know, allowing, you know, female um, MMA to take a spotlight, you know, and Mm -hmm. like having it in somewhere as monumental as Boston, I think is it's going to be a really special event. You know, you've... um, You've two Irish, you've two Irish fighters, myself and my teammate Danny McCormack, like she's fighting for the strawweight belt. Nice. And my 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 fight is arguably like a, a number one contender spot. You know, right. I'm fighting exactly. I'm fighting Christina Williams. She fought yeah. for the belt in her last fight. And yeah. you know, it's I think, you know, everything lines up. I think if you if you line yourself up for the opportunities that are given to you, then you know, you're gonna do well in this sport. So 
like uh, uh, Christina wasn't my original opponent. I had another opponent who got injured, ah. and I was given the, I was given the option of of two different girls, and I chose Christina because you know obviously I believe like you know I'm, well, I'm the better. Your ranking will gonna... change. You beat her. <laughs> this is it. You know, I when when I when I beat her, I don't know. I just see <laughs> like you know. I've put myself in this position with the yeah. amount of training I've done and I've, I've, I've never turned down, you know, an opponent within my weight, within my weight. I love class. that. <laughs> That's uh, awesome. And, you know, the training, I train all year round. I'm not, I don't just train for my fight camps. Right. I live, I live in Dublin. I'm in the gym every single day. So if I'm offered, um, uh, you know, if this fight was, if they offered me a title fight, you know, against, you know, like it is the number one contender in the flyaway division like that's what that's who I'm fighting then like I'm going to take that with open arms because like that's only going to bring me closer to inevitably where I want to be you know I want to have Invicta gold strapped around my my waist I want to you know be signed to the UFC you know I have I have these goals and you know when you just they're there they're just beyond the horizon I just need to like keep doing what I've been doing you know keep staying true to my my decisions and you know that dream that I had at 16 let's let's keep going towards that so when you when you started training with in in mixed martial arts I mean did you watch any of the fights in in Victor did you know about Ronda Rousey did you know about like Gina Carano at all did they have any influence over you when you were you know just kind of starting to I mean, Gina was so, a big, you know, kickboxer. She fought in Thailand, and yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't know any of them. The first MMA fight, the first oh. MMA, the first MMA fight I watched was Conor McGregor versus Diego Brando, and this is like this was in this was in a pub, a rural pub down yeah. in Ireland. You know, on a weekend, I was really oh. young, and it was like. So it's it's obviously I can't remember where it was like you know it's a the, a different hour of the day and everything like it is it was just um <laughs> were your yeah, that, folks was, that was my you? introduction that uh, was my fo- introduction were, were your folks with you no 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 I you were you were friends. off on your own friends. going to some bar or whatever yeah. to watch a fight at yeah. how old? <laughs> but like when I was when I was in college, uh, Conor McGregor had had just been signed to the UFC. I think it was in two thousand and thirteen. Yeah. He was in a nightclub that I was in with my friends, and he was in the VIP area. He was doing meet and greets, wow. and uh, my friends, my friends, like they were like, "Do you do kickboxing? Do you, do you want to get a photo with this guy?" And I was like, "I don't know who that is. I had never. I didn't know MMA. I didn't oh, know wow. MMA." And then, right, how funny is it? A couple of years later, oh, I'm like, I see him on the TV. I see him on the TV and I'm like, that's like, the guy. in the nightclub. I was like, that's the guy, you know? <laughs> that was the guy. So, um, wow. And yeah, do no, you train was... with him now sometimes at all? So he's, or... yeah, Connor's in the, the gym the odd time. Oh, and, wow. You know, but obviously yeah. I would, I, you know, if he ever sees this interview, like, sorry, Connor, you know? <laughs> But uh, no, he's and what he's done for the sport in Ireland has been phenomenal. It's just blown up. You see, you know, even the systems that they have in place now with the IMAPs, you know, the amateurs, the kids, the novices coming up. It's really, really blown up. And I think, you know, once it's recognized in Ireland as a sport, I think it will just go from level to level. It will will just be amazing. 
Definitely. Definitely. Wow. So, I mean, I'm actually surprised that you really were very sheltered and didn't know much about what was going on in mixed martial arts and, and just came up and along and here you are and you're just like, you know, I mean, I know you've worked hard, <laughs> you've worked hard to get here, but you're just here and you just have no like, of nothing that that's like kind of that's the story of my opened, life so open doors the, all along yeah. the way so you could even be yeah. here but it, I think it's yeah. wonderful that that it, it just kind of occurred and there's no like there's no stigma with it for you yes there was uh, do you know one thing coming up yeah a woman no, there, there wasn't being a woman was never yeah. and even in kickboxing I've only ever felt in Ireland and abroad as a female fighter. And I think it it maybe it is something unique to, to MMA, but I feel like female fighters are celebrated more in MMA than in any other sport, arguably. Um, in combat sports, especially yeah. in Ireland, especially. Um, yeah. I've never received anything but like positive support from from people. And it's it's an exciting time to be a female MMA fighter um, in Ireland and and you know, in fighting in the States, you know, and I think, you know, you see the attention in, in Victor gets, it's, it's phenomenal. So right. it is, I think it's a really exciting time to be, yeah, to be a female a fighter in, in MMA. Yeah. A woman in sports. sports. Yeah. Yeah. So do you, um, you know, one of my, I, 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 one of the last questions I want to have with you about like, how do you see young girls and maybe you influencing young girls coming up or how it's changed the mainstream, even from when you came up and you're seeing young girls come up who may have interest in the sport and are viewing you like, oh, wow, she's my hero. She's up there and I want to be like her. And who is now probably saying, I want to be a fighter and I can do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, um, I think um, not even just for 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 little girls, but for, for like young, young kids in general, like, yeah. you know, um, that, that whole thing of ca caring what other people, you know, caring what other people think. Nobody's thinking about you. People are thinking about themselves. So you do you. Like, you know, don't care about what other people think. Don't look for, you know, if you get outside validation, great. But like, don't expect it. Because, you know, for the majority of the time, people are more focused on themselves. So you do you. You do what makes you happy. You pursue your dreams and don't take anyone putting you down or saying you can't do it as, as, um, as an option, you know? I love that. That's, that's great advice. And last but not least, before I let you go, any, any words for, you know, Christina Williams or how you think that that's going to go? Like, I mean, yeah. you know, or like, how do you perceive, like, you know, what's your kind of like feel for how, you know, you're going to enter. I, I know you're not going to give your fight plan away, but a little bit of about like okay, I watch her. She's a great fighter. Just a little of yeah. No, she's um, a great fighter. Yeah. Well, she is. She is, and she she's had a, a great career. And her last fight was was great. She put up um, it was a, it was a close fight. But like, I think for Christina, just know like I I chose this. I chose this. I um, you know, I I like the you know she she's a good fighter. She's well rounded everywhere. Um, I just think that like I am such a, a well-rounded mixed martial artist and you know the the work I've been putting in and you know there's it's 
it's inevitable. You know, I'm going I'm going to to win. I don't see a scenario where I don't. If I show up, if if Dee Begley shows up, you know, in, in all her form on on Friday night, when I show up on Friday night in in my form, you know, I I'm going to get my hand raised. But but like that, at the end of the day, like there's there's no bad blood here it's just about me achieving my goals and, and getting to where I want to be and at the moment like Christina Williams is in the way so that's that's all um that's all I have to say you know it's you know a win here puts me in line for for the title and and that's what's in my uh that's on my horizon awesome and do you have any shout outs that you'd like to give to any of your sponsors or anything like that yeah, so I'd love to to thank um, Cape Cod Irish Village over in Massachusetts. Um, they've come on board as a sponsor. Johan Seafood here in, in Ireland have come aboard, like all my sponsors. And to uh, to my coaches, to my management, um, Barry has done a lot of work coming up to this one. To Shannon and the team in Invicta, they've just made everything very easy. They've been very helpful. And, you know, just to my teammates and everyone who's been a part of my fight camp, you know, to my coaches, John and Dave, who are coming over to corner me. Like, it's, I just want to, it's also about doing doing them justice, you know, the work, the time they put into me over the year. Um, you know, just showing up and putting on our performance for for everyone who, who supported my my career to date um so yeah just thank you to everyone and thank you as well for for having me on it's been been lovely chatting to you so delighted to have you it's it's really been a pleasure learning more about you as a person outside of um you know mixed martial arts what inspired you um I think people will get a kick out of listening to your stories and and um I wish you the best next Friday um I I look forward to seeing you hopefully I can get a picture with you when I see you and yeah <laughs> brilliant no it'd be great to see you there yeah again. yeah I'll try and see if I can get a press pass or something and see if I can get behind and see some of the fighters um maybe beforehand or whatever warming yeah. and and what have you and um I can check in with you I um really been a pleasure hang on for a second but wasn't that a great interview? Um, I'd like to thank Dee Begley for coming on to the show last minute, and we wish her much success in her future career as an MMA fighter. Um, and next week, too, in Boston. So, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review because it helps people find the show. And on the review, mention Dee Bagley and how she might have inspired or motivated you. And if you liked what you heard today and are eager to hear more, never miss an episode from Evolve WMMA by remembering to subscribe or download on iTunes. Or you can find us on Podomatic and Spotify at Evolve Women's MMA. Or if you prefer to watch, you can find a new episode on YouTube at women's MMA and go ahead and check out our website at www.evolvewmma.com and lastly if nothing else you can simply follow us at facebook.com backslash I love WMMA this is Shelly Devine until next time thanks for listening